What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. It is time for a new episode of To Be Continued with Cristela Alonso. And as always, I am Cristela Alonso. Ah, laughter from the crowd, but that's more like applause. I meant to say applause, but I said laughter, so let's just go with it. <sighs> Hello, everyone. Do you remember me? Um, I asked that because I didn't upload a podcast last week, and I know my four followers, my four listeners, were probably very unhappy about it. Um, that was my bad on my end. I get it. Truth is, uh, I've been struggling a little bit right now with a couple things. Nothing serious, you know, it's just, um, it's adapting, it's making changes, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm kind of struggling a bit with my schedule. Now, I have been lucky enough to stay busy throughout the whole coronavirus time, which which is great. I'm not complaining. Um, but now that things are slowly opening up, even though they shouldn't, um, I'm getting even busier. I know. I mean, it's a good problem to have again, but I have to learn how to manage my time better. Like today, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning to record this podcast because I had a voiceover session at 9.30 and I really wanted to make sure that I put out this podcast. So I ended up doing the voiceover. I didn't get time to record the podcast. I got to tell you guys, I did wake up at 5.30 and I started working on this podcast. I want everybody to know when I record these episodes, I don't just get in front of a microphone and just talk for an hour with no sense. I write out every podcast I'm going to do. It's like a show. So I write out a Word document with everything that I'm going to say just to make sure that I don't forget anything. And and I put a lot of thought into it. So, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort. I woke up at 5.30. I was done. I was done at maybe, oh, 7, 7.30. It takes me about two hours of writing to do a podcast that's less than an hour. It doesn't make sense, but I like to make sure that I cover everything. I try to think about things I want to talk about. It's it's a process. And again, I just, I do it because I want to make sure that to the four people that listen to the podcast, that you guys are getting something that shows that I had some effort put into it. Not that you're just listening to me thinking, oh, I want to just talk to myself for an hour because it doesn't work that way. So I ended up getting busy. I was doing voiceover for this show that I am on. It's called His Dark Materials. It's on uh, BBC and, and HBO. They show it first on the BBC and then they'll air it like on HBO the next night. I play a character named Hester. Hester is a hare, meaning like like a rabbit. And um, because of the coronavirus, I've been having to do all these uh, voiceover sessions in my apartment. I have a, a closet that I've kind of, you know, well, I think I've soundproof a little bit as much as I can for these sessions. And we're almost done with the season. So I'm going to tell you guys. So the studio that does the show called Bad Wolf, they rented this really like really intricate like kit for ADR. That's basically when I have to match certain lines to certain 
parts of the of the script certain parts of the video that match you know the story um they decided to create these uh you know a lot of these sound engineers created these kits just for coronavirus where it's basically a complete records like recording studio in a box and uh it was like really stressful to set it up because I have to set it up by myself and they're kind of walking me through it. And, you know, here's the thing. Now, I think, I think that I'm not totally dumb when it comes to technology, right? Look, we all get like that. I think that we all like to believe that we are tech savvy. Not like all the way, like you're a hacker, whatever, but you don't like to feel dumb. I don't. I don't like to feel dumb when, when I'm doing something te technological, you know? <sighs> Let me tell you, yesterday, I felt dumb. I've been doing these voiceover sessions for two days in a row. And yesterday, I was hooking up the whole kit. And I was trying to figure it out. And I had to... <laughs> they asked me to plug in this cable, this Ethernet cable, into my modem or router. Which sounds, in theory, so easy. Like, so easy to do. And then all of a sudden, I just freaked out. And in my mind, I'm, it just blanked. It's like, what is a modem or a router? Like, I know what they are. But in that moment, I had no clue. No idea what to do. So <laughs> it's that weird thing also. You know, like when, when your mind goes blank over something so simple, something you know, that you're almost embarrassed to tell people that, that you forgot it? It happens all the time with certain words where you're like, what is that word that I'm thinking? It's that thing. You use it for nails on the wall. It's like hammer, hammer. That's it. That's how I felt yesterday with the modem uh, router thing. But I got it done. And uh, yesterday we worked for yeah maybe like three hours. And then today we worked for five hours. And it's just me standing by myself in this little closet. And uh, I woke up. Usually I wake up at 5.30 or 6 anyway, but today, 5.30 came by. Like, I woke up and I got out of bed and I started writing stuff that I wanted to talk about, you know? So, and now, right now, it's 4.30 on Wednesday in the afternoon. So it's been almost 12 hours since I've been up and I'm finally getting to record my podcast and upload it in a, in a bit. So... so last week, I felt bad that I couldn't record a podcast um, but again, my schedule has been so busy. I've, I, it, it, it's so weird. It's been so back to back that I had no time to do one. And, you know, this is one thing that I'm learning about myself right now. Um, I even talked to my therapist about it and I have to admit, I'm learning so much about myself, about how I treat myself, how I see myself and, and how I can do even a better job, you know, about like towards me. And one thing that I've been working on is to try to, to treat myself, to see myself as a business. Okay. So what does that even mean? Right? I know. So here's the deal. So I've always been taught to treat work as the most important thing because work gives you money which you need to survive. I, I've talked about that before, right? So like my life growing up has always been about survival. And in order to survive, we need necessities. So we work to be able to get those necessities. You know, you need a roof over your head, food, pay utilities, you know. The one thing I'm figuring out, or at least trying to right now, 
I'm trying to accept that growing up thinking this way has made me prioritize things that are about work over my personal survival, meaning regarding thoughts, mental, you know, like mental, like mental health, you know, even physical. I don't make it a priority to make myself a priority. You know, I was talking about how, like, you know, when it comes to work, if somebody wants to meet at 10 in the morning, I immediately, my first instinct is to say right away, yes, let's do it. You know, and that's it. Because for me, you know, I want to make it easy for them, the people that want the meeting, you know? And, and I do this because when I had my own show years ago, terrible people I worked with said I was difficult. And why? Here's a question. Why was I seen as difficult? Because people wouldn't listen to me. And what happens when people don't listen to you? You get louder and louder and louder. You end up having those people tell you, damn, you don't have to scream. We're right here. Well, but sometimes we do have to scream because again, people aren't listening to you. So let's try to be louder, right? So talking about my, you know, trying to see myself as a business, what does that mean? So I know this sounds weird, but my therapist meant, my therapist is the one that came up with that. You know, she meant, uh, by that she meant that I needed to work on making boundaries so that I can give my personal side the attention it deserved too, because I'm my own business, which is so weird to think about it because I'm just a person, you know, what I do for a living is a business run by me in a weird way. I am that product. And it's so weird to think of it like that, because when we think of business, we think of, you know, we think of stores, we think of companies and I have trouble accepting that what I do is a business, but it is right. Like it's, this is my business. It doesn't have an office space necessarily. And like I said, the product is kind of me. The company never closes. I mean, I'm like Seven Eleven, which, which by the way, they should really, they should change their name to 24 seven because that's what it sounds like when you never close. But anyway, back to me because it's my podcast. Now, if you're one of those four listeners, you know that I've been talking about how I've been doing during the coronavirus lockdown. And, and one of those things, I've been doing good. One of the things I've been doing, I've been working out. Well, I'm going to be honest. I haven't been working out as much as I was before. And it made me wonder why that was. And it's weird because I've lost weight. I've lost about eight pounds. So it's not like I haven't seen results. So I gave up. And then I started thinking more about it and I realized it's because I ran out of time. And yeah, you know, some of you might be thinking, but we're in a lockdown. We've got time. And, and you know, to them, I'm like, oh my God, why are you judging me for listeners? What I mean, what I mean by I ran out of times is that I have learned that I love structure. During this pandemic, which is, by the way, we're still in the middle of, it's still a real thing. I have learned that I love doing certain things at certain times. And I figured out that I like to work out in the morning because I like to have it done by a certain time. Specifically for me, no later than noon. Now, I like working out because it puts me in a good mood. It helps my diabetes, you know, and then, but lately now I've noticed that my time 
I've been scheduling meetings in the morning when I like to work out. So what happens? I do the meetings and once it's over, I don't work out because I have other things to do. So now my friends, you know, have told me, well, you should make yourself work out to make sure you get it done. And I'm like, well, okay, judgy friends, here's the deal. I don't like to force myself to do anything like exercising because I never want to give myself reasons to hate it. That makes sense? It's the same reason that I never diet. I hate the word diet. When people want to lose weight, some will say, I'm going on a diet. And the diet is can, like always so extreme, right? They immediately start taking away all the food they love and start changing their lives. You know, they, they'll make declarations in these extreme ways. Like, all right, everybody, I'm going to bed because I'm starting my diet tomorrow. I am running six miles and drinking two gallons of water a day. I will eat only salads and also inject salad into my veins to make sure I am eating enough salad. Good night. But see, the chances of failure are high already because it's so extreme, you know? Like, I don't blame the people dieting. I blame the way we were taught to think about dieting and exercising. We all, we're always taught that we have to go to extremes. Why? We didn't gain weight overnight. Why do we expect to lose it so quickly? It's because we want results ASAP. And, and that's what we've been told can happen. I mean, how many weight loss products have you seen? These commercials where it's like, lose 20 pounds in a week. What? How are you gonna do that? How are you losing 20 pounds in the week? What, you're gonna lose your carry-on luggage? Come on now. Like, how do you lose 20 pounds in a week? You know, I always tell people, if they wanna lose weight, they will lose it over time. I actually explain that this is kind of how change works all the time, right? So you can't expect change overnight because it didn't take one day to create the problems we have today. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I wish change happened instantly, but most of the time it doesn't. Let's take, for example, what's been happening in our country in the past months. We have had movements for change that is good and will hopefully one day be our new normal. Let's talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. This movement is making strides. People are starting to really see the unjust manner that the black community has been having to live through. There are decisions being made about police reform that freak people out. Some saying it's crazy to think people can defund the police, but how? We need the police. So I'm gonna take a minute to explain how I see the defund the police movement. Now, a lot of police departments get a lot of money for their budget, and by that I mean like a lot. The New York Police Department, NYPD gets six billion dollars a year not millions billions that's a lot of money now new york city is big but nyc is also a city it's not its own country i mean there's police departments across the country that have military equipment that they don't need but like to know that they have you know like now see like the point i know i might be losing some of you hear me out 
when I think that we need to defund the police, I think take away portions of their budget and give it to other programs that might help the community. What do you mean, right? Thank you, invisible friend I just made up for this. I mean, I mean that trying to create programs that can help the police not have to be involved in every situation can be helpful. Think about it. If someone messes with your mailbox, there's a lot of people that will call the police. And then you have people with guns that show up to your house for that. What are they going to do? Shoot the mailbox and put it out of its misery? You know, an ex of mine was a, a cop for years. And I asked him about that a couple times. Because I always thought it was ridiculous that cops get called for shootings. You know, and also a cat getting stuck in a tree. And why do people do that? They do that because they don't know who else to call. And I mean this obviously in the cat situation, you know. So why not create a team of people that can actually handle that kind of situation where you don't need people to show up with guns? My point in saying all of this is that I know there are a lot of people that think that all of these changes, all of this acknowledging, uh, acknowledgements, you know, they're all happening too fast, but it's not. Black people have been fighting inequality for 400 years. And the inequality comes in all shapes and sizes, but recently the inequality of how the black community gets treated by police has been given a spotlight and the movement is calling for recognition of the equality and the change of that treatment. Now, I don't wanna to feel too hopeful, but I love that movements are slowly being made. Let's face it, slow movement is better than no movement. And the inequality has started a domino effect that has forced us to think about other things that have been wrong about the way we've lived. Look, take for example, right? The fight over the Confederate statues. Now people want to take them down because of what they represent and others want to keep them up for the same reason, because of the history they represent. Now. I'm pro removing those statues and I'll explain why. I'm going to use super basic terms, right? Okay, so yeah. Yes, the Civil War is part of this country's history. The Confederacy was part of this country's history. But so was Jeffrey Dahmer. Now, there aren't statues of Jeffrey Dahmer celebrating that a white man made quite the name for himself in the world of serial killers. My point is, why would we want to celebrate a negative part of a country's history? They don't have Nazi statues in Germany to remember the Holocaust. Why would they? You imagine the families of Holocaust survivors seeing a statue of Hitler in Germany? Seeing a figure of a man responsible for the fact that, that people died? That sounds terrible. And that is exactly what those Confederate statues are. You know why I think people don't get it? Why some people don't get it? Because Hitler is still kinda new. We still have Holocaust survivors. We don't have direct survivors of slavery. We have children that come from the line of slaves. And let's face it, to so many in this country, if there's no person that was a slave themselves, 
They find it easier to pretend that that's all in the past, but it isn't. And also, the people that celebrate the Confederacy statues are deciding to honor a history that is completely inaccurate. Why do we have statues of people that lost a war that gave black people freedom? Why? Spoiler alert, uh, you picked the wrong side to celebrate. Don't put statues up of the people that fought to keep treating people like property. Put up statues of people like Harriet Tubman that helped slaves escape in the Underground Railroad. You know, my brother did a post, like he did a post on Facebook the other day that made me laugh because he made a good point. He was talking about the Confederate statues and he was talking about how he couldn't understand why the Confederate statues were so inaccurate. He thought the statues should be of the men sitting down defeated, knowing they lost the war. Why have them stand up in the statues looking like they won? And it's so true. There is so much positive American history that we don't highlight. Why highlight the bad stuff? So now that we're talking more about these statues and have seen them being taken down, think of it like this. This isn't new. This is something the black community has been fighting for for hundreds of years. This didn't happen overnight. It's been happening over centuries. You know, I wanted to do a podcast last week because I wanted to talk about what happened, but also there was part of me that wanted to see what happened to see if we had a reason to celebrate. And, you know, honestly, I have to give it up. I want to acknowledge the terrible week that Trump had last week, but amazing for everyone else because it made me feel good. And this is regarding the Supreme Court. First of all, a big, big, big shout out to the LGBTQ community for winning the right to not be discriminated against for who you are in a job. It is sad that in 2020, we still have these discussions, but it also makes me happy that in 2020, we are making the right choices. I don't understand why people think the LGBTQ community shouldn't be able to keep a job because of who they are. If two women are married, that doesn't mean that they can't be accountants anymore because being gay affects their math skills. Oh, I'm so happy for this win. It is so important and I stand by it. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but in my little hometown of San Juan, Texas, my next door neighbor was a lesbian and there was a guy catty corner to us that was gay. So I always grew up thinking that was just part of life. You know, the gay people existed. You, you know, we're all together. Here's the thing though. What I find interesting as an adult now that I didn't as a kid is that my mom, who was a devout Catholic, was the one that taught me that it was normal, which really surprises people because again, like I said, she was very Catholic. But one thing she always taught me was that we did not discriminate because she herself knew what it was like to be discriminated against. And she never wanted anyone to feel what she had felt. That's very cool, huh? But don't get it twisted. Like my mom was very progressive in that thinking, but she was also the traditional Latina mom that would get mad at people for the smallest stuff. You know, like one moment she could be like, hey, Leticia is gay 
and lives with her girlfriend and that is okay because they're happy. But we don't talk to Norma anymore because she took too long to bring me my Avon. She, she's on the list. You know? Also, aside from the LGBTQ community win, let me give it up to my documented family. What, what? The Supreme Court said that DACA cannot end like Trump had wanted to and has been allowed to stay for now. And this is a celebration that we must take. This is an important issue to me because I grew up in a mixed status family. And honestly, I just like to see good people win. So as of now, let's celebrate the win. And if you can, make sure to any DACA recipients that are out there, make sure to stay up on your paperwork. Make sure to renew. For those of you that don't know, and I'm talking to people in general, the application fee to renew your DACA is $495. And to many people, it can be very hard to raise that money. So you might occasionally see me retweeting or posting from friends I know in the movement that are trying to raise money for their application fee. Now, this is something I've been doing for years and even years ago. I did three stand-up shows and raised money to be able to sponsor 11 DACA recipients. And that, that was cool because the shows that I did, the audience knew what it was for and they loved being a part of it. It's important. The thing is, while this is a great moment, we also have to remind ourselves the work isn't done. And there is a part of me that can't stand the constant limbo that my friends have to live in. You know, they, they get granted extensions of the program, but let's face it, what we really need is a permanent solution. The majority of the country supports this and we have to help make this happen. So how do we do that? We gotta make sure we keep politicians accountable. Yes, this moment is a win, but it's also a long road ahead. But I do say, let's take a minute to celebrate this because I know how stressed my friends get and I hate seeing them live like that. So let's have a minute to take the wins when we can. Congratulations to the LGBTQ community. Congratulations to my documented <laughs> friends and family. So now I've gotten to the point of the podcast where I talk about the thing I'm into this week. And this week, I'm really excited to talk about what I'm into. This week, I'm into... Um, how can I say this? Um, how can I say this? People would say, I guess I could say that it's mentory, but I would like to refer it as helping. Um, so I'm working on a project I can't really talk about yet, but it's something really cool where I get to help Latino writers with their TV show pitches for a specific studio. Now, what I love about being a part of this is that I have met four awesome Latino writers that have come up with different and authentic stories to tell. And, and by authentic, I don't mean like cultural, like representation to blah, blah. I mean, it's authentic. It's, it's true to who they are. It's really been great to see how this studio I'm working with is, is genuinely interested in trying to amplify Latino stories. You know, when I first got approached to be part of this project, I flat out told them, I would not be a part of it if the goal was to just check off boxes to say they tried working with Latino talent because I've seen programs do that. That is not helpful. 
I want to be part of a project where stories are created and can be made. So this is what I'm working on. I've been working with writers over Zoom, of course, and I help them with their stories. I approach their ideas like I approached my own show. What is the truth behind the story you want to tell? Anything can be funny or sad if it is based on reality. Even something fantastical like sci-fi can be based on reality because reality includes emotions and story. I know we talk about representation mattering a lot and, and I like helping change it, but I like to do it in ways that I feel seem authentic to me. So I'll use an example of what I mean. I think that, um, I think that Latino writers, we are subconsciously taught terms that really don't help us with story, like the word multi-generational. Now, first of all, it's a great word. It means it's a story about more than one generation. I get it. But in the past couple of years, it has become a go-to word to describe a lot of the Latino shows. My question is why? Why do we have to specify that it's multi-generational? White shows don't have to do that. They aren't explained like that. Think of Modern Family. It shows you different generations in the story, but it's not promoted as that. Why? Because it's just a show about these people's lives. So for me, when I hear the term multi-generational, I think a grandparent and a child have some differences, which, hey, it can be a great story, but it's also just a story about life. Don't try to make the stories, the pitches seem so specific right at the beginning when we haven't even gotten to the heart of what it's about. So why do we have to use certain terms? You know, this, and look, this doesn't apply to everyone because let me face, let me see, I'll gotta be honest. Working with these writers and helping them like and overseeing this, you know, like their, their ideas, I have seen some changes happen in the past several five years, you know, that seem like progress. It seems like progress is really being made, which is great. Because like I said, change doesn't happen overnight. But when it does, when it does, we should embrace it. That's the thing I'm into this week. It's being able to try to give back whatever information I have learned and also learn from the writers that I'm helping because we all, that's how we get to the next level. We do it by exposing ourselves to different people and learning from each other. And it has been such a gift, such a blessing to be able to work with these writers. And I wish I could go into detail about the program, but it's been fun. The people attached to it um, on the studio side have been fantastic. And I am really excited about that. So that's the thing I'm, I've been into this week. So that's all I got to say, I guess. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I, uh, I have been very tired lately, but again, it's a good problem to have. Here's a thing. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. I feel so guilty to say that I'm tired because when I think of tired, I think of, I think of my family growing up and I know that tired means like just, I always associate it with like physical exhaustion and yes, I'm tired and 
I've been having long days. But also, I mean, I get to do what I want. So I always have hard, like a hard time complaining. I feel like very guilty for complaining, but, um, but, but I need a, I need a rest. I was actually thinking about napping after this podcast. And then I'm, I just sound like it's five o'clock. I go to bed at like nine 30 girl. You can stay up for four and a half hours. Um, but yeah, it's been quite a week and I'm very sorry that I missed last week. And I hope that people forgive me. I don't want people thinking that this was just the beginning of me, uh, not doing the podcast anymore. I've found it very, um, fun to do this and I hope that you guys will continue to support it. Um, you know, so I did the voiceover session today. Normally I don't like doing voiceover stuff this, you know, that early in the morning, but, um, but I also, I had to do it with London and there's a time difference. And I know, yes, I totally know how braggy that sounds that I'm working with a little city named London. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, but I said it because honestly, during all of this coronavirus stuff, I have been constantly amazed by the technology that exists and how we can find ways to do things that a decade ago would have been impossible. Sometimes I just think of, of what we've been able to do in certain parts of life and how much more work there is to do in other parts. So thank you so much to all my four listeners for tuning in. Again, I apologize for not having a podcast last week, but it has been a crazy couple of weeks as I've gotten very busy, but I decided to wake up and do this first thing in the morning to make sure it got done because I really do love doing this podcast. So thank you for your support. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, By the way, I know that COVID-19 cases are increasing. So please remember, if you can, if it's possible, Try not to go out if you don't have to. And please, please, for the love of God, please wear a mask if you do. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to depend on one another. Please. Let's watch out for each other, okay? Please wear a mask. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. I hope everyone has the best week they can possibly have. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Goodbye, everybody. Insert the song here. Bye, everyone.